0: Welcome back to another episode of the data set piece podcast. We've already completed 10 game weeks, so we've got a good sample of data to work with now. Between myself and Greg, we crunch the numbers for you greg's built these amazing models that goes through all of the fixture difficulty ratings over the next few weeks the best captaincy choices the best players to target over the next few weeks and i've crunched the xg and xgc numbers to look at which teams are performing well at the moment and uh, so we'll bring you the best captaincy candidates for the for, for the upcoming game week and we'll also let you know which fixtures to target for game week 10 as well. But before we do that, let's have a recap of our teams from last week. So, Greg, welcome back, man. How did your team do over this last weekend?
1: Thanks, Clyde. Uh, it was another good week. Uh, this wild card has really, really been a great success. Uh, another green arrow for me. I got Those are rare points. words. My yes, wild card was a
0: success.
1: <laughs> it, it surprised me the most. Don't, don't, don't you worry. Um, it's been really good, I got 66 points, at, uh, well above the average. Um, I went up from around 7,600th to 2,600th to, uh, in rank. Um, so quite strongly in the top 10k, which is exactly where I want to be um, at this stage of the season. And yeah, my defence really outperformed. Uh, didn't get much from, from my attackers this week, but James, Chilwell, Ramsdale, Livermanto, all came to the party, so uh, yeah, I can't complain. Yeah,
0: man, that's amazing. Uh, imagine to get 21 points off your one defender, that just sets the tone so nicely for the rest of your game week. But like you said, it's been so, such defensive heavy performances over the last few weeks, it's almost like every point that you get from your attackers is almost like bonus at the moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, James and Chilwell have been absolute gold. Um, I took a bit of a risk when I when I put them in my wildcard side just because their their whether they were going to play was very very uncertain. And uh, the first game after my wildcard, James w- uh, was benched and only came on for a one minute cameo. But uh, I kept the faith and wow, the two of them have returned huge numbers for me in the last few weeks. So really, really happy with that decision.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've been talking about bench thanks so much over the last few weeks as well. And I mean, now, I mean, just look at it, right? You've got James, Chilwell. I mean, in my case, okay, I don't I don't have James, but I've had Chilwell and Kristensen, And, but it, it, just, it just shows that, especially with these, uh, you know, high ceiling players, if you just have a, a good bench, it, it affords you the opportunity to really take punts on these players and, you know, being able to capitalise on these big scores, is knowing that, OK, if they don't play, you have some bench cover as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that might be my transfer this week, just to even even further firm up my bench, just to just to make sure when guys like Foden get rested or James or Chilwell or Cancelo um, that I've got cover. But obviously I've got my stalwarts that are getting 90 minutes every, every week, but There are some rotation risks and i think uh, if you've got a decent bench then you're happy to take those risks
0: yeah in my case well i got to 57 points so green arrows i suppose not the biggest green arrow but from i i effectively reversed my red arrow from the previous week so i'm down to like around the, the the two what's what's it now let me have a look here it's 200 and 243 so the previous week two weeks ago i was 244 then i went to 350 and now i'm in 243 so that's fine and uh again like i suppose mine was slightly different to yours where i didn't have james but i did have Chilwell. but the two players that came through for me was rafinha and Ralph menes with nine po- points each so yeah they were the two p- players that actually kind of negated the james <laughs> points if that makes sense because yeah a lot of people had gone off rafinha rafinha had a price drop on friday between friday and saturday night can you believe it huh? and, i mean uh, i
1: mean there were so many people that i spoke to that were, were were thinking about and actually transferring out rafinha and i and i kept saying but but he's playing norwich and and basically we got the news that he's going to play so i mean it's just it was just a mad transfer to anyway. like i obviously didn't have him have him in my side but he was certainly a guy that i would never have been thinking about transferring out
0: yeah exactly he's not a i wouldn't have necessarily bought him just for one fixture but if i have him i'm definitely going to keep him you know so so yeah and then uh, uh braja got injured amando braja got injured so which means adam armstrong played but and he got an assist but he got stuck on my bench and the last player on my bench was Omo Babidela who actually scored and got 10 points against oh. Leeds. so but uh, so so the, so i had 15 points sitting on my bench but the one player who did come off my bench was livermento for those six points because Mbeuma didn't play so again, you know, we spoke about bench strength and so on. So all in all, like I think the only unreliable player in my squad if Adam Armstrong plays is Omo Bamidel. But yeah, I, I think I'm 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 really happy with the strength of my squad at the moment. I never shot out the lights this week by any means with with, with my scores. But I mean, if I look at this week i think I think fifty seven was a really good score this week, considering that the average was only forty two so yeah I, 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 in fact, I'm much more happy with this score than i was was with the eighty points from from the previous week
1: yeah it, it all it all depends on the average, doesn't it and yeah, uh, yeah there are different ways to 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 get ahead and uh, and build that rank and thankfully for me the defenders came through this week and then you know i've got Salah and son uh Antonio Wilson and Tony that's it's it's their turn to sh- their turn to shine this week hopefully
0: yeah e- exactly like son is the one for me where he, he, it's almost like he's he's playing on the edge he's always so close to getting you those points eh? <laughs>
1: yeah, and and hopefully now with the with the big man- managerial shakeup, um, obviously with uh, Nuno getting sacked and uh, Conte arriving now at uh, at Spurs, I think we could see a revitalised Spur, uh, Spurs team. So I'm, I'm very really keen hoping. On that. Yeah. yeah, I'm hoping that uh, my early pick of son uh, comes through now because he's got some great fixtures coming up.
0: I must say, like i've had son now for effectively out of the 10 game weeks maybe like six of them so far and yeah it's like these last two weeks have definitely tested my patience but i felt you know what with the with the fixture swing for spurs coming up it, it just makes sense to hold it. It doesn't make any sense to to really worry too much. and you know he's the type of player you know like I was saying just now he plays on the edge. so you you just wouldn't be surprised if he pitches up with a goal in the next game out of nothing even if it's just one shot on target.
1: Yeah, I would expect him look my model agrees that in terms of the next six game weeks. He's ranked as as the third third best pick, so I would I would expect some big points from uh, from Sony in the next uh, six for sure.
0: Yeah, now let's talk about captains captaincy ahead a, a of game week ten. So yeah. after the the two hundred percent effective ownership of Salah this past weekend, where where I think just um, d- d- just to talk about this over here, so there was this podcast i was listening to um last season i can't remember what's the name and i really need to go and find it but they were doing this um they were recording this episode where P- where you know the, just their followers reco- put in recommendations of what they would change about fpl okay and one of the things that kept on coming up was remove captaincy from fpl and i don't necessarily agree with that But it does kind of make sense because it it takes the luck element out of the game, right? And so I can see why people want to get rid of it. And this past weekend was basically an experiment of what FPL will be like if you take out captaincy from the game.
1: You're taking captaincy out the game and basically you're saying you've only got 10 players to play with because you really can't, you can't be anywhere without Salah and, and and it's amazing you know in in my model his numbers are absolutely ridiculous i think he's almost double the player that's in second place on my model like it's that big how how much better he is than everyone yeah, else yeah um you can't not have him you can't not captain him so it's basically just solo captain every week and you know like i tweeted this week uh, it's a catch-22 because you, you you can't win with him as captain, and you can't win without him. Because so you
0: just uh, rank shield with him and and and, and move on. I mean, it, it
1: takes a man with some some giant kahunas to to not captain Salah because you just know you're going to get hurt, and that's the problem. If so, if if his his effective ownership is two hundred percent, and you don't captain him, and he and he comes through with a big week. Your rank is going to plummet. Yeah. So uh, I think you just pretty much have to stick the armband on him. You make sure, obviously, make sure he's in your team, and you worry really, really worry about the rest of your team and hope that uh, the rest of your players can make a difference.
0: Yeah. Look. So going into this week, we know that uh, Liverpool play West Ham, which haven't, which they haven't had the best defensive performances anyway. And Liverpool tend to have an okay record against West Ham over the last few seasons, if I remember correctly, so is he your, 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 your captaincy pick for this weekend?
1: He, he has to be, there's just no, no other <laughs> option really. Um, I, I can't see myself not putting the man on Salah. So Son um,
0: versus Everton by any chance?
1: Look, I mean, if we're looking at other options, I think uh, James is certainly an option from Chelsea. If if you're looking for for another spicy pick, um, you no, know, we spoke. a
0: spicy pick, right there.
1: W- <laughs> we've been sp- we've been speaking about um, you know, sort of defenders and the, the old rule of never def- never captaining a defender. But the, in the past few weeks, Chilwell and James have popped up on on the model as as realistic captain captaincy options and they've performed i mean it's difficult when sellers are getting 24 pointers but um, Chilwell got 12 points uh, the week before james got 21 p- uh, points last week um, they, they are realistic options when they've got such a high clean sheet percentage and such a high chance of scoring goals um, so i would definitely give james and Chilwell a shout out for this week as options um and then i think uh, you know your other your other two sort of realistic uh, options are tony from uh, brentford playing against norwich basically anyone playing norwich is an option at this point Uh, and then sun's probably the next best um so i I think any of those are are really good options but do it at your own risk against salah at the moment
0: (laughs) yeah i've I've already gotten my fingers burned twice this season against manchester city and against manchester united so uh, I'm I'm not in the mood for that anymore. I think I'm just gonna. <laughs> um, uh, it it's it, it's two games, pivotal games, and ma- and and double digit holes, massive holes, where I I can tell you that like the variance was so. Much between the, between captaining and not captaining. That if I had captained, I mean, just those two games, I'd probably be in the top fifty thousand now, and I'm actually two hundred forty-three. So that's how much it's cost me just j- just those two captaincy picks from those two game weeks.
1: Yeah, it's 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 amazing because you know, obviously, my mo- the model I've built is relatively new. I've only only really finished tweaking it in, in you know, sort of in the first sort of six or seven game weeks this season. And um, it it's always it had Salah against City as as the obvious captain pick, and I just didn't believe it. <laughs> and I think I went I went for someone else, and I think I went for Lukaku, one of the other options. And it, it's just it's just so interesting that when when you just look at pure stats, uh, unemotional numbers. That just how good he is even against a team like city who who was rated the best defense at the time um that he's just too good not to captain even against a def- uh, defense that good
0: yeah exactly and just to confirm uh, you know i opened up the live fpl website now as well and it's exactly that i'm 32 points off the f- of the top 50k so had had i just stuck to my guns initially and tried not to be too clever over it just those two captaincy picks alone is the that is how much the variance was it's so it's a difference between a, a place in the top 50k and and is effectively 200k and you could effect you can essentially cover from number one to number one million with a blanket at the moment i think you know because the rankings are so tight but I, I think right now, yeah, I wouldn't be gambling on trying to chase after points because the, the, the gaps are so tight between these rankings as well that I just don't think that right now it's worth it.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think you just captain Salah, and and focus on on really improving the rest of your squad.
0: Yeah okay now let's have a look at this upcoming game week's fixtures so we've got southampton and aston villa first up on a friday night kickoff i mean we haven't hid our ex our excitement for friday night kickoff. we love those right so and so much
1: so much better than the monday night exactly fixtures. man i yeah. hate
0: those i hate those so southampton have been defending really well and on the contrary aston villa have been quite crap i don't know what's going on over there but this is an inter- interesting one because, okay, Watkins squad. And I know you, you, you're quite a big fan of him, right? I mean, you, you've mm. spoken about him quite a bit, but again, you know, results wise, it's not going their way. Ings is injured. I think now he wasn't in the squad this past weekend. And, uh, so what do you make of this fixture? I mean, there's a few Southampton players that are really starting to come into our thinking apart from, from Livramento, of course. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's, I mean, when you look at the numbers, there's not much that's going to separate these two teams. They're, they're both pretty much exactly 37% to win the game. Um, they, Aston Villa is 26% for a clean sheet, Southampton 26%. So you, you, it really s- sort of lends itself towards a 1-1 a type, uh, type of fixture. Um, it's, not a, it's, it's not ranked very highly on my number of goals uh, per fixture uh, ticker either. So, I would expect a low scoring, you know, Southampton's defence has been pretty good and their attack's been pretty bad, so I think between that and, and Aston Villa's bad defence and uh, and sort of average attack, I think it's going to sort of cancel each other out and, yeah, I, w- I would expect somewhere around a 1-1 one, 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 one result, but uh, there's not much really to, from a player perspective, I mean, if you've got Livermore, I think you're happy to to have him as, as sort of your first bench option or second bench option. and. If, if we look at the Aston Villa attackers, you know, w- Watkins is, is certainly up there. Um, I think that um, the, the guy really, that I'm really keenly watching at the moment is, is Leon Bailey. Um, I think that I, I sort of expect a lot from him. The mo- he's, he's popped up quite highly on the model. Um, so when Aston Villa's fixtures... Get a bit better you know at the moment they've still got brighton city and liverpool uh, and leicester in the next six so the fixtures aren't great for them so i would expect when those when those fixtures do improve that guys like watkins and bailey become real options but for the moment i think uh, yeah i would be sort of steering clear of of, of both teams to be honest
0: okay so you it, I'm I'm quite happy that you 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 mentioned Livermore as the bench option because the next question I was going to ask was the benching headache that we that we're also creating for ourselves with so having these stronger benchers as well. Like I think you started off with five defenders last week, right? So, yeah,
1: the old reverse Christmas tree <laughs> the formation. The yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a, it's been a, a long time since I've played five defenders uh, <laughs> starting, but it it worked out. And, and it, the funny part was that the two guys that I really expected to score the most, which were, were Trent and uh, Cancelo, actually got the fewest points out of out of all my defenders. So if they um, old, you would have been uh, getting yeah. to
0: to one hundred points or something it, like. It
1: that. W- it would have been a big week for sure, but. Uh, you could, look, we can't rely on the defenders week in, week out. Um, so, you know, I'm going to be back to fourth, fourth, the back for this, for this week. But, yeah, I, I, if, you know, when it comes to Aston Villa and uh, Southampton, uh, there's not too much that's, that's exciting to talk about. I think uh, pretty much, like I said, Livermento on the bench and, uh, and hope that you don't really need him.
0: Right. And, uh, okay, and then on to the Saturday fixture. So we've got a, a crack over here united versus city so that now city are kind of looking last two games maybe well okay west ham was the the league cup and then obviously the and then there was a league game which well you know what happened over there we, we don't know but crystal palace seemed to 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 have performed some they, they have some good performances against city over the last few seasons if i remember correctly as well so sometimes it could just be a bogey team type of thing but uh yeah uh, what do you make of this fixture because we saw united playing with the with the 352 system you know the antonio conte system <laughs> as well so uh, do, do you think that they're going to try and deploy this against city as well
1: i, I mean it's going to be interesting because uh, uh is under like immense pressure at the moment uh, to, to hold on to his job But I think, you know, even though City had a bad, a bad week against Palace, and I mean, very, very, very big upset that uh, for Palace to win that game, but uh, City are fifty-eight percent to win this game. United are only twenty percent. So you've got to think that City are going to come through and uh, and show their class. A class team like like themselves aren't going to aren't going to make mistakes two weeks in a row. Um, City at thirty-four percent for a clean sheet. Uh, where United are all the way down at 14%. So uh, I would be targeting, uh, or, or at least holding on to to City assets if you've got them. Um, don't uh, don't don't be tempted not to play guys like Cancelo and Foden. Uh, um, I think y- against a, a sort of struggling United team, one res- one decent result doesn't mean that uh, you know they're anywhere at the moment. Spurs have been pretty diabolical lately, so. Uh, I wouldn't really attach too much credence to the to the to the result they had last week. So, I think uh, yeah, I think it's going to be goals, se- second highest on the on the goals ranking. So I think we'll see lots of goals, and I think uh, City are the are the guys that you want to be want to be focusing on.
0: Okay, so when you're predicting goals, you're predicting goals for both teams, or are you predicting all the goals for City over here?
1: Well, like I said, I mean City are 34% for a clean sheet, so. I mean, it's not the highest number. It's not near like the, the Chelsea 56% this week, but it's it's not bad. Um, so I would expect goals from City, and I think don't don't count United out for for scoring, you know, one or two. But I would ex, I would see a result here of, you know, if I if I had to if I had to call a result, I think sort of 3-1 City would be would be my thinking. Okay,
0: so in other words, if if you don't if you have a City defender or City players, just play them. But if you don't have them, this is not the week to go and buy them.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'd be buying City defenders this week. Um, I think you, you've got better spots. But uh, I think most people have Cancelo and Foden or, yeah. or one yeah. of their City attackers. And I think you're just happily, you know, happily keeping them this week. I'm, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if, you do, if, if, if City don't get any returns.
0: Okay, yeah, the one player that I'm looking at uh, that I'm quite interested in is Gabriel Jesus. Now, I don't need him because I have Foden as well, you know. Mm-hmm. I brought Foden in last week for Damari Greig, so, uh, you know, that was a way for me to strengthen my squad overall as well. But, uh, yeah, Jesus is the one I, I don't see him talked about a lot, but he seems to be getting returns this season and he's a good price as well
1: yeah interestingly enough my model model doesn't really like him at all um he's he's not even i think in the top 25 players no i've next, seen that as well that's for what the I next let six me weeks Yeah. <laughs> so i think i think numbers wise look he, he's he's playing in a different position this season and and he seems to be a little bit more effective but um if i think if you're going for a city attacker i think foden is the guy to go for at the moment yeah. um there's going to always going to be some rotation but uh you know, it's it's and City's a difficult team to navigate in general, but um, Grealish is just not performing this season at all. Um, so, although his numbers from last season are so fantastic, I think I think you got to go with the informed player, which is which is Phil Foden. Yeah,
0: t- tell me
1: about Grealish. I know all about it. Mm. I held
0: him for like six weeks <laughs> before I got rid. But yeah, look, uh, I suppose it was worth the chance. It, it, the numbers were good to be fair, and sometimes it just doesn't work out that way, you know.
1: Yeah, form is a funny thing. Like uh, his numbers are still still very good this season, but he's just his conversion is is terrible. Yeah, I mean um, he was
0: on he was so close to scoring against uh, Brighton, I think it was, and he got the assist as well, and you know, they, and I moved him out of my team that week and. And, every, and I was watching that game. I, I, well, I saw a little bit of the first half especially. And I really feared for the fact that, you know what, he, I just took him out and he's going to haul double digits. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it, it was like he was playing on the edge. But that's exactly what how he played even when I had him in my team as well. You always looked at it and you saw the shots on target and, and you're thinking it's just a matter of time <laughs> where they start going in. But, yeah, it, it just never translated into actual points. Uh, goals or actual
1: points yeah I think it'll come but but you know with FPL you always have to try and target players that are on form that that are in form and Foden is that guy yeah yeah, at the moment that's Foden and uh, yes he blanked last week but uh, hopefully he gets another start and uh, can do some damage against United
0: yeah now Brentford and Norwich so uh, a lot of us have brought in the likes of Tony Mbeumo maybe Pinnock or Pontus Janssen as well and uh, they got turned over badly by Burnley last week and they got a draw was it a draw against Leicester I think as well but they've still got two good fixtures coming up in Norwich and Newcastle so um yeah uh, are you still keen on like if you don't have a Brentford player in your in your team right now are you still keen on jumping onto uh, onto these next two fixtures
1: yeah, I think Tony is certainly a must. He he's fourth in my model at the moment, uh, overall. Which at his price tag at six point six million is just uh, basically for free. So I, I think you you definitely need one of Tony Mbema and and uh, potentially both. Um, you know I, I'm never a big fan of, of the double ups. so I'd rather spread it spread my my risk a little bit, but. I think Tony is looking fantastic. I'm going to
0: be honest and say that I don't trust Brentford enough to go with that double up. I I think I'm happy sticking with the one player from there. Because I I just don't know, well, maybe it's my famous last words now and they'll both go in hall similar to what they did against Wolves a few weeks back. But it's like when I watch them, they always feel, again, you know, like they're so close to getting the points but i i still feel like i you know maybe it's just a gut feel that i just want to stick to one player from there for now
1: yeah i think that makes sense um they've got good fixtures and i think uh th- their numbers are incredible but maybe just picking one and going with it is the way to do it
0: yeah and also the you know we will we'll cover those other teams for now but i was looking at your fixture difficulty ratings for the next is it five or six game weeks and you know the, the, there's one or two players like uh, Arsenal have Watford and Newcastle in the next three. Crystal Palace have a few good fixtures in the next four or five games as well. And I think by allowing myself to target some of those fixtures as well, then, you know, jumping onto one Brentford player might help because it leaves space for, uh, you know, for, for midfielders from Arsenal or Crystal Palace like Gallagher Zaha as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, Zaha was, I mean,. <laughs> I, I took him out for the, for the City fixture and oh, brought Sonnen. No. And, brought Son in. and uh, yeah, it, it came back to about me in there. But I think I probably would have been, he would have been on my bench anyway, to be honest. Yeah, yeah,
0: look, it's one of those things where it's like we can debate the Salah captaincy against Manchester City or Manchester United as well. There, there's sometimes where you, you look at that decision and you just know that deep down it was the right one. But it's it's a power of hindsight again, that you can just not foresee some of these, some of those type of results happening. I mean, Za getting returns against city, just imagine.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah. I, he he's he's really looking good in the model for the next few. And uh, um I think him or Gallagher are great options. Gallagher's stats this season are really, really good um so i think i might be going with the with the cheaper option uh, you know bring look, looking at strengthening my bench and bringing Gallagher in this week um but i mean, if you can afford zaha i think he he is still the main man and and probably the best guy from from palace to have
0: yeah look i have rafinha in my team uh, who you know it's leeds they haven't been playing well this season you know so and with the team so reliant on like rafinha and bamford I feel like, that you know, Rafinha was good to me this season, you know, what it's now like four goals in ten appearances, which is nothing to be sniffed at, but it just feels like the type of play who will hold me back from, like, being able to unlock the potential, you know, of, of, of another team's good fixture run or something like that.
1: Yeah, Leeds, Leeds fixtures don't look fantastic coming up. Yeah. I think their attacking fixtures are only rated 16th uh, for the next 6th. For the next six, um, you know they've got they've got Leicester, Spurs, Brighton, Brentford, Chelsea, and can't even write off uh, Crystal Palace either at the moment. They've they've actually looked relatively good this season defensively. So um, yeah, I think if the, for me the Leeds players are, are sort of uh, I think you want to be rotating out of Leeds for the for the next little while. Yeah, and uh, and looking at some other options.
0: Yeah, and uh, and then Norwich, you know, as I said. Omo Bamidele on my bench, 10 points, now is essential, as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Now look, you know what, yeah, that was one of those, (coughs) it it was so annoying, right, because I, I I never watched the game, but somebody tweeted something like where Rafinha was on the three bonus points and Omo Bamidele was on two. And then you tackled Rafinha and then they swapped their bonus points around. So <laughs> I ended up getting the 9, instead of getting 10 for Rafinha, I ended up getting 9 points. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was like in the last yeah. minute of the game or something as well. Yeah, yeah. it was
0: something like that over there. Yeah. So yeah, fine margins between one player in my starting 11 and one on my bench who's not going to come on. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, the, 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 those are some of the worst. So yeah. So, um, yeah, and then uh, Chelsea and Burnley. Now, obviously, we've been raving about Chelsea defender. I've seen a few teams with triple Chelsea defense, and I cannot blame them because Chelsea defense are so awesome at the moment. But it does feel ex- excessive, but completely understandable. So let me ask you this, Greg. Now you you know we spoke about not doubling up on players, but how do you feel about tripling up on 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 on, on, on Chelsea defence?
1: I think the triple up might be a little bit too much for me, for my brain to handle. Um, I, I've doubled up uh, on on Chelsea defence uh, since my wild card, and I mean the numbers are just so incredible. They've only conceded three goals uh, in their entire season. And the fact um, that these
0: two defenders are effectively midfielders just makes it it's, it's a bonus as well.
1: I mean, effectively forwards at, at times, and that's yeah. the thing. And uh, I mean, Chelsea this week are 56% for a clean sheet. Uh, in the next uh, six fixtures, they've got um, Watford at 58% and uh, Leeds at 53%. I mean, their clean sheet forecasts are just through the roof. Um, so I can certainly I can certainly understand the triple up. For me, I think double up is is, is probably the way to go. Um, and Burnley, I mean, they should they should wipe the floor with Burnley this week. They really have been brilliant. Um, and I think they're, they're 75% uh, at winning probability this week against Burnley. So it really is a huge number. Um, so I think, yeah, I think uh, it's difficult to pick a, a, a Chelsea attacker at this point. Um, you know uh, habits has been not that great you have um, to say it you have to use the <laughs> line i'm a have yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm definitely a have nots and that was purely based on the numbers he, his numbers just weren't weren't showing any any real potential when when lukaku got injured and and werner got injured um, and there doesn't seem to be anyone who's you know numbers wise that that really sticks that sticks out from an attacking uh, perspective So I think sticking with the defenders is is the way to go with with the Chelsea guys.
0: Yeah, I remember we were talking about it a few weeks ago as well, where I said I'm not so keen on Lukaku anymore. And it's amazing how just within the space of three or four game weeks, you know, your opinion can change. But look, I understand like if Lukaku was fit, you know, the the not going with him in this run of fixtures would, would be one of those where you'd really have to say all of your prayers and hope that it comes to pass but even then like i look at it and i'm just not convinced that any of the attackers are going to be hauling that big big enough to say okay we're going to regret it i still feel like the the defense is so good even for the attacking potential that i'd sacrifice somebody like lukaku even for them
1: yeah, look, I think if I was to pick one, I would probably go for for Mason Mount. Um, you know, obviously it was un- very unlucky that he was ill last week and, and didn't play. So I'd be ke- keeping an eye on the press conferences to make sure that that he's back and fully fit. But uh, I think if if you had to choose a, a Chelsea attacker, he's definitely the best value. And I think uh, um, he's. I, I wouldn't be expecting the big haul that he that he had a couple of weeks ago. Um, but he looks like the best value Chelsea pick. Yeah, I
0: suppose that you're talking about what's he like seven point five or something around that region, right?
1: Yeah, he's in the mid sevens, somewhere yeah, around and there. And
0: if you look at a mid sevens, I mean, if you're getting steady returns of assist year and a goal over there, some bonus points along the way, I mean that's what you'd if essentially expect from that type of player in that price range.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And then uh, Crystal Palace and Wolves. Now, I mean, I've spoken about Raul Jimenez, you know, just holding <laughs> him for this past few weeks. And I've had him since, I think, game week three, game week four. I know you had him early in the season, right? And then I think yeah. you wildcarded him out or something like that. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I've hel- I've to be honest with you, the only reason why I've held on to him for that long is because of the fact that i've always had some other fire to put out in my team but again like when i looked at wolf's fixtures i never thought of it as great but i never thought of it as bad it was kind of like these average fixtures but i just felt that if they're going to have some attacking returns then surely Jimenez has to be part of it whether it's an assist or whether it's a goal and I haven't been wrong so far because he's now had five returns in his last four games. In fact, since I've had him, he's only bl- blanked in two games. It was a game against Brentford, which was the first game that I've had him. And then the next time he blanked was when he came on for one minute at the ending of the game.
1: Yeah, he's looked really good. And I think if you've got uh, Jimenez or Huang, um, you want to be holding on for that uh, Norwich Burnley uh, game week thirteen and that, game that week comes fourteen. Up soon. Yeah, yeah, and I think you can then really get ready to burn when it when game week fifteen rolls rolls around and you've got. And Liverpool have got an, and an City. atrocious
0: run. I yeah. remember seeing it. I can't remember the fixtures, but I know it's just not great. <laughs> yeah, so
1: I I would be holding on until game week fourteen and then uh, be, be be looking to rotate out of those players. Um, but for the moment, they look good. Unfortunately, this week the the stats don't look that great. Um, Crystal Palace versus Wolves is the lowest scoring fixture out of all of them by, by quite some distance um, so I think yeah, definitely a low scoring fixture and we've got uh, not much to separate the two teams both around 35% to win the game uh, quite a high draw percentage um, so yeah I'd say hold on to your your, your Wolves uh, if, if you've got like I said Jimenez or Huang I think you, you're going to be holding on um, and then uh yeah, it's difficult to, to sort of really find any any Crystal Palace p- like we spoke about we spoke about uh, Gallagher and Zaha. I think those two guys are, are great options but again it's they're not gonna they're not going to shoot lights out and, and you're not going to get massive returns from them but as budget enablers I think uh, Gallagher looks like the, the way to go for sure.
0: yeah yeah that, that's what I was thinking as well. I think maybe after this Wolves game, there are some, after the international break there's some nice fixtures coming up for, for Palace and that's when I'm going to really seriously start considering getting them into my team.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And then the last game on the Saturday fixtures is Brighton and Newcastle. Now Brighton gave us heart palpitations on the weekend. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they, they played really well to be fair. You know, they, they, they played like the game that we expected the previous week, but I won't go there. But, um, yeah, look, they, they, they were quite amazing. They pressed well in the second half and so on, but I still, I, I saw that you, you put out some, some, some infographics earlier today. I think it was, and Trossard came up as your, on your list of budget enablers as well. Mm. So, um, yeah, I've never trusted Brighton attackers enough to ever consider them, you know, that seriously as well. Apart from maybe I think it was last last year, last season there was a blank game week and I played my free eight and then I brought Frost in and he did very well, you know, but um, yeah, uh, but against Newcastle, you'll expect them to, to, to put away a few of those goals, well, at, you know, maybe score more than they've been scoring recently. Do you, do you expect that to be the case over here?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, the, against Liverpool, it really was a game of two halves. Uh, Liverpool were all over Brighton in the first half, and then she they came back and they. I mean, I think they were unlucky not to win the game in the end of it. Um, but Brighton, Brighton guys are looking pretty decent. So I think you know the two players that have really popped up on my model have been uh, Trossard, like you spoke about, and the other one is uh, Cucurella in, in defence. So uh, yeah, I've I, been know,
0: very impressed by him as well. I thought yeah. he was four point five, and then I saw his price is five million. I was like, oh man! But but yeah, I've been very very impressed with him. And he looks like uh, when I've seen him play, he's so involved, even attacking wise. That if he does get a return or they get a clean sheet, he looks like he'll be a bonus points magnet as well.
1: Yeah, he, I thought he was excellent against uh, Salah in particular last week, and. Uh, Look, I, I think it is frustrating that he is that he is a little bit more expensive and he is five million. But uh, I think all of our defenders at the moment, we, we've, we've pretty much everyone's going premium at this stage. So he's definitely one to consider. And uh, the Brighton fixtures look pretty decent. Like you said, uh, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Leeds. Um, then they've got a tough game against West Ham, and then Southampton and Spurs afterwards. So um, definitely, I definitely think that the Brighton players will surprise a lot. And uh, like I said, I think Trasad and uh, and Cucarella are really the ones to, to target if you are going bright.
0: When I saw you when you released the fixture difficulty ratings earlier today, the first thing I did, i said, is go and check Kukurela because when I saw the defensive uh, uh, the fixture difficulty, because he was the player that that actually jumped jumped out the most. So yeah, it's it, it, so uh, I'm I'm actually quite relieved that you know your model agrees. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Newcastle, I suppose, if you have somebody like Wilson, you probably just hold for now, or you can play him in this fixture, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I, I benched him against Chelsea, but I think uh, I think he's probably good enough to be playing against Brighton, and uh, he, he's still very highly rated in my model, and and he's been consistently returning. Um, when, when he's been fit, he's, be, he's been scoring pretty much a goal a game. So uh, yeah, I think he's. He, if you're going to go in Newcastle, I think Wilson's pretty much your only option, and I think with the Norwich fixture in game week 14 and Burnley in game week 15 seems to be this norwich burnley fixture for everyone that's uh that, that keeps coming around and uh, yeah. it, it, those it really, are the ones who kind yeah. of
0: look out for it. like okay i'm bringing a player for those two <laughs> exactly
1: I, i'm i'm certainly going to be holding on to him for the moment and i think i think he will still get uh you know decent returns against some of the tougher teams if, if newcastle score he seems to be the guy who's involved which is yeah. great
0: all right and then uh on Sunday fixtures, Arsenal versus Watford now, I was speaking about it earlier where I said I think Arsenal play, you know, on either side of, uh, after the international break they play Liverpool and then Newcastle and then they've got Watford now. So in that three fixtures they've, you know, they there's a potential for players like Saka and Smith-Rowe to, you know, to come into contention as well. And uh, so, so, yeah, I mean, and then obviously, the, you know, there'll be. Uh, there's Nuno Tavares, who's played um, at fullback for them for the last few games as well. He's quite cheap. And then Tom not much attacking potential, but, you know, he seems to be quite uh, popular in the game as well, from what I've seen and then there's obviously Ramsdale so but the defenders yeah i suppose you can make a case for one or two of them but it's specifically the attackers that i'm more interested in because you've seen people jump onto smith road recently he's had these price rises and so on do you think it's warranted to bring them in for this next run of uh, fixtures
1: It is quite interesting because Smith Rowe, um, you know, he really looked good in the games that I that I've watched. But at the same time, his his xG numbers have been relatively low, and his his sort of delta percentage or conversion of those of those chances has been incredibly high, and that's generally not very sustainable. Um, uh, Today, I compared uh, Smith Rowe to Gallagher and and boosted the current season uh, data just to to get a, a feel for you know, more this season, how, how have the two of them been performing. And and Gallagher far outperforms uh, Smith-Rowe. So for me, the, the pick is Gallagher over Smith-Rowe. But I can certainly see the, the you know, the sort of people wanting to jump onto Smithrow with with the the fixtures that you yeah. mentioned. Unless and you
0: you go short term picks, and you'd probably try and get onto both of them at once.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you can, you you certainly can. But I th- yeah. I think S- Rowe, I'm not convinced on. Um, just from a numbers perspective, I d- I don't expect him to continue uh, his conversion rates uh, at that sort of <laughs> at that sort of percentage. And because of that, um, you know, he doesn't pop up very highly on my model at the moment. Um, so for me it's it's still a wait and see.
0: And even with Saka I felt like he's been missing some very good chances as well. So I'm not really convinced on him either.
1: Yeah, it's the same same story for me. Saka's he also doesn't doesn't feature very highly on the model and uh, you know the, it's it's all about numbers and and conversion rates and and being able to sustain to sustain long-term returns and um, Saka just, uh, it, it doesn't, he, he he will bring that week where he gets a goal and gets a or goal and assists and uh, everyone sort of flies onto him but I think that's already happened this season where everyone's wanted to jump <laughs> onto Saka and then and then he did nothing for a few weeks and everyone jumped off and I think that's in general one of the more dangerous things in FPL is trying to jump onto these bandwagons that, that aren't proven and there's really nothing to stress about, these guys are cheap players. If they rise in price and you miss out in a few weeks it's far better to wait for for confirmed assets and and jump on a little bit later than it is to to worry about being there first
0: yeah and then Watford, i suppose is a no-go for now right
1: <laughs> yeah look uh <laughs> what aren't 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 featuring at all and uh i think mainly because i mean if you look at this week uh they've only got a 15% of a clean uh, chance of a clean sheet so, I mean, you're not looking at any defensive assets. Most people have Foster, who's firmly rooted to the bench. And I would say don't make the mistake that a lot of people made last week of, of playing Foster over Ramsdale. I couldn't with, believe that, honestly, yeah.
0: wow, it, the, it, it, uh, that, that was just incredible.
1: Yeah. It was very surprising because yeah. the, the clean sheet numbers were quite clear that uh, Arsenal were the, were, were favourites over Watford, so I was very surprised to see a lot of people do that. And um, that's
0: one of those reasons why I just don't feel like having rotating goalkeepers is just ever worth the hassle anyway. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think you've got to just say, Foster is my backup keeper and it's, it's a nice to have if something happens and and he's forced to play, but I I would keep him rooted firmly to the bench, and I mean Arsenal are 64% to to win the game against Watford, I don't think you're really going to be jumping on, on any Watford attackers at this stage either, and the problem is that if you have a look at their fixtures, they look diabolical, Arsenal, United, Leicester, Chelsea, City, Brentford in the next six. Um I think you just want to steer steer well clear of uh, any Watford players.
0: Yeah. Oh, wow. That, that that's a crazy run right there. I didn't even bother looking at Watford's fixtures at all. So now it's, that it's you told me about it. Stone I'm like, wow. stone blast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Everton and Spurs. So Spurs were trash. They were they were really bad on the weekend right? They 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 mm. looked so uninspired but you know now we have son so you know naturally you know i was hoping that okay just even if something just bumps you know whatever happens let it just be son who gets that goal right but now he's playing against an everton team who have been slipping these past few weeks do you can now maybe there's a new manager bounce or whatever it is and people talk about it as if it really means something but look this is a really world-class manager now do you expect to see now I, I, throughout the timeline today? I've seen people talking about Kane, Regulon, you know, like already kind of preempting that okay, there's going to be this wing back system, 3 5 2, or whatever. Hmm. Should we consider jumping onto these players in a few weeks' time or whatever? And look, I understand everybody's looking to jump onto the next kind of you know bandwagon early, but. Do you, do you do you think that in the short term that that could be the, the new manager bounce or whatever is going to make that much of a difference?
1: I think it will have a big imp- impact, the, the new manager, but I wouldn't be jumping on Spurs defensive assets. I think uh, Sun is for me the, the out and out clear option uh, to have in your team. Kane's stats have been relatively pu- uh, um, poor and and remember they include last season stats as well. so. Um, You know, I'm not at his price tag. I think for me, Kane is still an avoid. I think Sun's is the guy to go for, and and just hope that things improve, and then you can start looking at you know when when Spurs uh, have a decent defensive run coming up. I think when they when from Norwich onwards, uh, or even Brentford onwards, but. I would be just waiting, and uh, I wouldn't be jumping on those defensive assets just yet. They they haven't looked good, and the, the clean sheet for, forecasts for um, the defensive guys isn't great. Um, so for now, i I'll be sticking with the with the tried and tested Chelsea defence, uh, Guys yeah. like Trent yeah. that you just can't go without. And uh, and looking at Son in particular from an attacking perspective.
0: Yeah, and then Everton. Well, I suppose look, we we've never been too keen on their defenders since the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. We've we've had, like, Damari Gray as, as a budget enabler. Well, I removed him last week, like I said, for Foden. And, um, like, apart from that over there, Calvert-Lewin out, Richarlison just coming back from injury. They just don't... They also seem like the type of team you just avoid at the moment, right?
1: Yeah, I, I would be avoiding them. Um, there doesn't seem to be... Any sort of consistent return from from any of the Everton players, like you said, the defence has been diabolical. It's been worse than what we even thought it would be. Um, quite quite obviously. And, and yeah. coming up, I mean, th- their defensive ranking is fifteenth for the next six fixtures. So I, I think still well clear. Um, I think we called Everton and, and Leeds quite well in terms of defensive defensive assets this season because a lot of people were were very keen on them at the start of the season. We said avoid and they really have been avoids the entire season and
0: we've said avoid West Ham defence as well they were the one and and we're spot on with that as well Mm. yeah okay and then talking about Leeds Leeds and Leicester is the next one there's another defence that you know you know uh, sh- should i talk about schmeichel again you know <laughs> i think,
1: I think your, your zero points lasted five minutes or 13 minutes wow, last just week. imagine. <laughs> so he
0: got the three saves that gave me another one point you know really yeah. really spoiling me again so he's got two points one for appearance and and uh, well you know you uh, got a minus one for conceding two but then made it up by getting the um, three saves but Mm -hmm. yeah look uh i'm I'm gonna put it out there i transferred him out i made an early transfer this week which i i know we spoke about this before but looking at the price changes i i i'm i allowed a few price price increases to happen because i had money in the bank but because i did great to fold I kind of used up a lot of my money in the back, right? So I still had a little bit, but I couldn't afford to lose too much more. So I decided to just move out Michael and get Ramsdale in. And then his price went up after that anyway.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's probably a good move. I think uh, like we spoke about before, Ramsdale looks like the best value keeper at the moment. Um, and as his price goes up, that, that obviously, you know, makes him less valuable. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think you've been super unlucky with Schmeichel. Leicester yeah. defence has just been really <laughs> diabolical in the last uh, six or seven weeks. I mean,
0: even players like Johnny Evans, his form has fa- fallen off a cliff. So, Yunshu was so good previous seasons, he's not playing that well anymore. Uh, Fofana is un- unlucky that he's got a long-term injury. But overall, it just hasn't worked. None of the players, Castagna, Pereira, they, they've all just completely... Either they've... Vastly overperformed previous seasons, or they are vastly underperforming now. It's, maybe the answer lies somewhere in between as well.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, uh, I, th- I think you, you <laughs> I think your patience ran out, and you had to get rid of him. But uh, I wouldn't expect much from the Leicester defence going forward.
0: Yeah, and and look, you know what? It's it's not, just, it's not just one fixture or whatever. I think where I decided to pull the trigger on, and and get rid of, of Schmeichel is that it's not one or two fixtures, it's a gradual loss of points week after week after week, where it, you know, that, that slow drain of two points here, three points here, you know, that, that, that you know, cumulatively, if I had to go for the, the, the other two goalkeepers, which were high on my list, Raya and Ramsdale, I would have probably collected about maybe, maybe about 20 points more, 30 points possibly. And I think that's why I decided to 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 finally make that change and also because you know at that point for difference it's money in the bank again that i can use on other transfers
1: as well yeah exactly and and you want your goalkeeper to be set and forget you don't have to be worrying about the fact that you're just getting no defensive returns ever from your from your goalkeeper so yeah i think fair enough
0: Yeah, and and like I said, those short-term fixtures for Arsenal look good as well, so yeah, it it works out well. And then, so Leicester at the moment, uh, I think apart from Vardy, I think it's safe to say they're no-go at the moment, right?
1: Yeah, look, Vardy is looking decent, um, as as he always does, and his numbers are very good. Uh, He's ranked uh, sixth on my model for the next six weeks. Uh, the only thing that that's tough is his price tag, ten point eight million. So, uh, if you can fit him in, that's great. Um, he's ten point eight now. For, yeah, yeah, he's gone up, gone up significantly. And, you know, Sun had Sun at ten point two has to be a, a far better option in in my opinion. So, um, certainly not a not a bad four to have. He is um, only second behind uh, behind Tony for the next six weeks. So, I think having having Vardy is not a bad option, but uh, he is going to stretch your funds a little bit thin.
0: Yeah, and then we spoke about Leeds just now, where they're just in a void at the moment, right? And then the last fixture, Liverpool going to West Ham. They Now, like I said, you know, Liverpool have, a, like I said, not a bad record against West Ham by any means. But yeah, so. Defensively, though we've been keeping a lot of clean sheets, not always. We do offer up a lot of big chances. What do you think about this fixture? Now, I've seen a lot of people looking at West Ham's run over the next few weeks and are saying, and are strongly considering selling Antonio. And some people, look, I I feel like if you're going to have a player like Antonio, you're definitely not going to bench him, right? It just makes no sense. So you Mm. either keep him or sell him. I mean, or play him or sell him, but you're not going to bench him. So, yeah, I mean, we've spoken about this before. I think I know your thoughts on it. But anyway, let's talk about it. Do you think keep or sell?
1: I would say keep. I think, uh, you know, even against, I mean, this this fixture against Liverpool is going to be the goal-fest fixture of the week. Um, certainly the most goals are, th- are predicted out of any of the fixtures from one
0: side or both sides I just need to uh, for, understand this from both sides um,
1: <laughs> yeah, obviously Liverpool Liverpool being the favourites um, you know Liverpool are 59% to win the game whereas West Ham are only 20% yeah. so definitely big favourites for Liverpool but you've got to, I think like you said Liverpool are giving up a lot of big chances and West Ham attack has been really really good they've scored tons of goals this season um, you've got Antonio, who I would be happily playing this week. Um, and then I think you've also got some other um, options that are, that are popping up and, and one of them for me is uh, is Bowen. Uh, his numbers have looked incredibly good and I think uh, in terms of budget enablers, I think uh, when their fixtures do get better, he's certainly someone that I'm going to consider, you know, even going against my double up rule with attackers but when they've got decent run of fixtures, I think at 6.3 million, he looks really, really good. So... I think uh, definitely one to keep in the back of your mind is is Bowen.
0: That, that's an interesting one, because even last season, there were times where I looked at it and thought, wow, you know, he he seems to like get this double digit hole in one game. Then if you really have patience with him, then all of a sudden, like four or five games later, he pops up with another one. But it's like he had these high high points returns, but like big returns in one game. It wasn't consistent at all. Mm yeah so um, and but i've seen his like his return in like last four games or something like that so that's quite interesting
1: yeah he I, he really does look good and uh i mean he's very similar to to, to rafinha in terms of stats um uh, so i think when the fixtures improve you know if if west ham do have good fixtures definitely want to, to keep on your on your mind
0: Okay, and then to wrap up, I suppose with Liverpool, everybody knows Salah, Trent, and that's about it, really, right?
1: Well, I think at some point, what you know, when do we when do we start considering Sadio Mane? Because yeah, uh, that's I think his one. his biggest issue at the moment is just the lack of bonus points. But I think um, Sadio Mane has been firmly rooted to the number two spot on my model the entire season, and he's been getting he's been scoring a huge number of points. Yeah, I think the um, only
0: thing that's been putting us off him is the fact that no penalties which penalties haven't been that much this season anyway right mm. but also then the bonus points and the fact that he plays in the same team as Salah but also I think that price point just makes him so the, prohibitive at the
1: moment as the well. price the price tag is really difficult I think that's yeah. that's the biggest thing that people are avoiding is you know at 11.9 million you 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 everyone has Salah you're forced to have Salah so now you're doubling up um which is never great like we, we've spoken about before and at 11.9 million, wow! It's 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 a tough, tough thing to to have him and Salah in your team and still have any sort of semblance of balance in, in the rest of your side. So I think that's why his ownership is so low. You know, if he was around 10 million, I think he'd almost be a. Yeah, I think he'd be a must-have. Um, so I think it's purely the price tag that's keeping him out. Yeah, at the moment.
0: exactly. Like you, you you mentioned 10 million, and then you are putting him in the same bracket as Son. Yeah. and then it becomes a straight shootout like which one do you want and if you really really can stretch it you could possibly have salah son and Mane in the same team exactly if if, if, if he was around that 10 million mark and, and yeah. i think
1: and i think if he was around that mark you'd also see people not spending so much on the defense uh, like they are this year it's just because because there's just there seems to be this massive gap between sort of the mid-tier players and and the top-tier players in terms of price that you just don't you don't, you you're not afforded the opportunity to to pick any of these guys, and so you're forced into the far better value of having like four four at the back, or like I did last week having five at the back, um, just because you you get just so much more coverage uh, around around the team.
0: Yeah, exactly. And looking at the, I mean, though you had players like Jota, beginning of the season, and you know sporadically um, you've had returns from the seven and a half players, and then there was also Greenwood apart from that over there there hasn't been that great value in that mid-tier bracket for midfielders anyway and because of that they, we've, we've seen teams go heavy on forwards heavy on defenders and then premium midfielders effectively yeah exactly. so it's it, sort of been a
1: forced structure this season yeah hasn't and
0: it? It, yeah it's the midfielders that actually have been uh, the enablers in uh, in our teams yeah yeah All right. Anyway, that's a wrap for this episode. So yeah, all the best for everybody in uh, Game Week 11. If you can, well, I I should be following my own rules, I suppose. But like I said, I was trying to, uh, you know, uh, beat the price rise with with Ramsdale. But if you can really try and roll, if you've got two free transfers, roll one into the international break. And if you can, and it's not an essential transfer, try and keep two free transfers for the international break so much goes on we have no idea what's going to happen when players are going to come back we saw what happened with the with the brazilian players and so on previous international break so yeah just keep that at the back of your mind when doing your transfers but yeah all the best to everybody for game week 11 and then yeah we'll we'll catch up
1: soon thanks so much cloud we'll see you again next week
0: cheers everyone bye